Welcome to the More Sports Now podcast. Steve Titchener on the phone, and I have the rest of the crew with us on the line. John McAlevey at home in New Providence. And we just lost Matt Laughlin. I guess he was waiting for the dentist and got called in. Uh, so good luck to him. And today we have a very special guest uh, returning. Uh, it's been a long time now. Uh, Mr. Kevin Kernan. And uh, Kevin, you're down there in Florida. What's going on these days? Hey, Steve. Mac, good to be with you guys. Uh, yeah, it's uh, been an interesting few months. Uh, I'm living in St. Augustine, Florida. Um, very little city. Uh, my son has a pour your own beer place down there. So if you guys are down there, come on down. Yes, sir. Yeah. 21 taps, good wine too. And, uh, it's a fun place, good food, good sports. And, uh, but I, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting three, four months because on the end of April, let's say April, uh, the post called me and after 23 years, uh, no sick days, by the way, in 23 years. So I'm <laughs> really proud of that accomplishment. Wow. Uh, yeah. And 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 uh, having them send me all over, which is great for them. But they called and said my position was eliminated. So uh, you know that happened at like three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, moved on, which is great. I'm uh, now working for a really interesting uh, website called Ball Nine dot com. Okay. And it's Ball N I N E, not the number. Mm-hmm. I think you get some crazy say if we go the other way, but uh, <laughs> you know, so it's and it's a it's a baseball oriented site, um, multi platform roundtables. We have just yes, just yesterday we put up a roundtable with a Met minor league pitcher, myself, Dan Keon, the son of Louis Keon, and um, and Chris Vitale, the proprietor of the uh, of the website, and he. Based all over, he's in LA, so you know a lot of different, uh, a lot of different, uh, different thoughts, and and I'm writing uh, at least twice a week for them, and I, I have a column today called "Leave the Sunflower Seeds, Take the Hand Sanitizer." That's the situation with what's going on with baseball. Right. Well, I'm sure they're happy to have you because, as we know, we've had you on the show a bunch of times, and you know your baseball. Yeah. So, well, when I one mean, door was... closes, another one opens, right, Kevin? That's terrific. Exactly. Good Absolutely. for you. And it's they're good. Good for them because they got themselves a a crack writer who, uh, you know, AMBS lives again. That's terrific. And we'll we'll be sure to push that and check that site out for sure. That being said, let's get into baseball and it's back. Uh, July first, players are going to uh, report. Uh, and that's all rosy, great. Baseball's back, but let's let's take a look at these negotiations, Kevin, because you know a very dark time in our lives here. The pandemic going on, and you know the players' association and the uh, and uh, the owners. Of course, bicker the whole time. I, I thought I was saying on the show a number of times. You know, they're taking the they're taking the fan for granted again, and I think it could have gone smoothly. And of course, they just fought like they always do, huh, Kevin? Well, that's funny you say that because the lead to my column is, uh, "Will you care?" And then I point out, Major League Baseball made it pretty clear over the last few months that the man, the fan, the last on the list of priorities. So you're going to have to get over it if you can. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm, uh, I'll give you a timetable. You know, I, I was just in spring training way to the end. When they closed spring training, I stayed around for a couple of days to the post to do some work to talk to people who were, you know, businesses were closing, get a feel for the place, and the whole the sadness of the situation. And um, 
And, and you know, they could have that day, say March 18th, they could have met at a table and they could have got the salmon out in hours. But again, they're fighting next, you know, they're fighting about the next year, 2021. They, the owners, we know who the owners are, right? Have they ever changed? The names changed. I think there's like 22 new owners since like right. 94 or something like that. Mm-hmm. The names changed, but there's still the same guys that run it like a business and like they run their businesses, many of them. And right. the players can't figure this out by now. And, and Manfred, that's why I put the main, main thrust on Manfred. I know he works for the owners, but he needed to open their eyes and say, we need to get this done. He should have been a liaison with the players like in the other league to work out with the commissioners to some extent. And he didn't. And, mm-hmm. and it really, it, it, it disgusts me really. Cause uh, mm-hmm. it, it, I've been seeing this for years. Right. And I, I know so many fans. Like when, I, when, when my job was limited, I had thousands, literally thousands of people reach out to me on social, social media. I had players, tons of players and front office people everybody could imagine it, which was nice because then you know you're doing a good job. You know? mm-hmm. And they pretty much said the same thing. You were tough, but fair, and you could always count on it. Right. And that's, that's the way I covered the sport. And so I, I don't hold punches. And, and I've been on Manfred's case for well over a year now, starting with the Manfred ball, which is a joke. Mm-hmm. And, and for baseball, which is, baseball had a layup. And the players, this is what I can't get. I know Tony Clark well. I know the union guys well. I saw them twice this spring at the Yankees camp, and then I saw them at the Mets camp. And yeah, you hear all this stuff, and and there's a lot of super smart players like Zach Britton and guys like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the players just couldn't say to them, get in the meeting amongst themselves and say, "Hey, the owners are being their typical self. Why don't we use this to our advantage now, politically and, and population wise?" Right. In the end, we're not going to get that much more either way because it's a it's a bad year. So no fans. I mean, what do you you get? You an idiot. There's no fans, and and they're not going to play the whole season. Right. So take it. You know. Make a little, you know, do some negotiating, but get get a get a deal that you can live with, and you come out and you say, listen, the owners wanted to string this out, they wanted to stick it to us, but you know what? We took the bullet there. We're we're moving forward because we know how important baseball is, and we're also going to figure out all these uh, parameters with COVID. So yeah. all that's been done. But even the players, and again, I'm a players guy, but even the players didn't have the wisdom to do that. And and once again. I don't care what you said. This is going to impact people because I you know hey, I was one of the forty million or whatever it was that uh, got unemployment. Sure, you know? mm-hmm. sure, got sure. Jobs, Yeah, and, the players um, could have uh, they could have taken the higher ground. That begs the question: first of all, do you think we're going to see fans in the stands at all this year? And if they get the okay, do you think they're going to come back? It sounds like we will see some fans. You know, at, at first I was thinking no, but. You got to look again. It's such a, it's a, it's a crazy world right now. You got to look beyond things. Now I'm in Florida, so I have a good scope of things here. They shut it down. They did things, and, and to be from what I've seen in my county, I think there were 600 cases in the whole county. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and like seven, eight deaths or something like that. It might be a little higher now, but obviously, you know, those deaths, you know, it, it, you know, could it, who knows the situations on each of those, but. They kind of got a hold of it down here, you know. Our, our, uh, our, uh, you know, the uh, the old age homes were okay, and mm-hmm. um, you know. So, so here's what I'm seeing now. I'll give you one good insight that you, you haven't heard any, you know. But basically, I talked to somebody recently uh, in baseball. They they were in contact just a day or two ago with a team that had multiple, you know, you know, multiple tests come back positive, 
every one of those people and a bunch of there were players in there had hit, were asymptomatic. One player mm-hmm. had a fever. That's how they found out about it. And they're doing their testing, which is good. Player had a fever. About a day later, he was pretty much back to normal. So it's my understanding, and I'm no doctor. I'll, I'll reference that. <laughs> but as time goes on, you know, there are some doctors who do believe this, you know, the, the virus weakens. So hopefully it continues to weaken. People don't get as sick if they get if they get it. And I think, um, you know, cause in, in states like they've already talked about in Texas about having fans and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, as long as you didn't get that stuff, I mean, they're going to do all these crazy things. But if you can go to Lowe's, if you go to Home Depot, I don't see why you can't go to a baseball game. You know, mm-hmm. like, what's the difference? You know, I mean, like, again, my problem is I have too much common sense and uh, that gets me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. Kevin, um, what will baseball look like when they start? I mean, come on. I mean, what are they going to have like a three-week spring training here? I don't know how well these guys have kept kept themselves in shape. Are we going to see some sloppy ball out of the jump? Oh, absolutely. And I talked to a player uh, yesterday, who, um, former player, and he, he made a great comparison. And this guy was a great player. He said, he said, this is going to be like when you come back from a major injury and, and you know, like you're after two or three months with an injury, you come back right away, you know, you work your way up and you, you get there and you come back and for, for the first week or so, you're running on adrenaline. So everything is good, but then you're going to really crash. So these guys are going to be, I think that's what you'll see. They'll come out. Okay. But then I think over time, it, it'll, there'll be slippage. And here's the real question. How are they going to play? First of all, you don't have the emotion of fans in the stands, so you don't get that lift. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and also, you got to be smart now as players. I mean, I'll give you a perfect Aaron Judge. Should Aaron Judge be definitely he had that latest injury from the top there? Should he be diving for balls in the outfield? Should he be slamming in the walls? No, he hurts his team when he's not there. So he needs he needs to make that adjustment, and other players will make that adjustment. They're going to look at the big picture. This is a sprint, not a marathon for the first time ever. Players have to understand. You know, I, I got to play as many games as I can. And, and that's one of the good things. Teams don't have to have as much depth now either as well. So I would say I would say it's going to be a different kind of season. And then we got stupid rules. That'll change things too. But we'll see where we go. Yeah, you mentioned stupid rules. <laughs> what do you think about the universal DH? I mean, folks that are purists that love the National League and the game that they've played forever, how do you think they're going to take to watching uh, the DH? I talked to a former manager about that who managed in both leagues, and he said, you know, he, he said that there's no doubt you think more as a manager in the National League. So they're taking that away. Just like they're taking away all the managerial thinking. I think managers would be a little bit more important this year because of like a guy like Dusty Baker, great motivator on a day-to-day basis. He can, can really get his guys going, and the Astros obviously uh, have a lot, a lot to think about. Uh, but I think and I've always been a guy that loved the National League game. But here, I, I've actually turned to the DH now only because they forced me to do it, because they didn't teach hitters how to hit. They gave up on teaching hitters how to hit years ago in the minors. All the nerds got in charge. And one of the nerd rules was we don't want our pitchers getting hurt hitting, running the bases, fielding. So they really they really slowed down and compacted that area of work for pitchers. So they didn't really work at it. Some teams did work at it, you know. I remember under Pat Russell, uh, the assistant hitting coach for the Mets, he's now in Washington. Well, actually, you know, they had Kevin Long, too. Isn't that ironic? The Mets really Kevin Long, and a couple <laughs> years later, he did a World Series. Um, mm-hmm. But but 
So he worked very hard with his pitchers. And the Mets pitchers have always been decent hitters. And, of course, we loved the moment I was there in San Diego when Bartolo Colon hit the home run. The best. Uh, the last year. Uh, DeGrom was always, so in a way, it was a big advantage for the Mets. But the Mets are sitting pretty because they got the guy who doesn't can't play the field now anyway because he always gets hurt. <laughs> so, so I've come, I've come to, uh, I'm not embracing it, but I've come to accept it. Not because it's a good rule, but because they ruined the game by not letting pitchers. If you, if you let your pitchers do the, do those jobs, hit, field, bunt, learn how to run the bases, you have such an advantage over the other teams because that wins you the nine spot in the order. It, and that's what baseball's all about, winning spots, getting, getting the advantage. But that's the loss in the, uh, in this, in this, in this flood of analytics. Yeah, and it, uh, it certainly takes a bunch of strategy away from the game. That's, that's for sure. Uh, you may have addressed this in your article, uh, Kevin, but, uh, how does a, how does a baseball player not spit? I mean, it's part of the, I mean, it's all you see, you know, in the dugout, you know, in, in TV coverage is these guys spitting all yeah. over the place. And, and now there is absolutely no spitting. Too. I mean, sunflower seeds, I, and apparently, um, uh, chewing, uh, Chewing tobacco is, is prohibited now. I don't know if that was the case, if that's new or not, but it is the case well, now. Mostly, yeah, yeah you, for a while now, you haven't been able to have tobacco products, but, you know, guys have around that, obviously. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, you can chew gum, and, you know, I guess the question is, can they chew gum and play at the same time now? And, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, so this is, uh, yeah, the, the spitting is a reflex, reflexive thing, so you're going to see guys spitting left and right. I mean, how many times, what do you guys do is, Every time a catcher gets up and like maybe signals to the infielders what the, what the play is, they they lift their uh, mask up and they spit. So I'm sure you're still going to see spitting. Uh, and and again, it, I think the point is to cut it down, just so it's you know you don't want any any blowback. And that's why you don't have the um, you know face to face arguments with the umpires now, social distancing arguments. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I said it in the, in the column too. I mentioned how this can make. This will make life for John Boy, the Twitter guy who, who gets all the, uh, the sound quality of arguments and things. This yeah. will make life interesting for him because, and for the fans. I mean, obviously, uh, baseball should, uh, when they're televising these games, they should, you know, the mics should pick up a lot of stuff now. So I'm sure that'll be another situation. There'll be some things that come out of that. And uh, so it's going to be a little different. Uh, and I, I'm curious to see, you know, you're going to hear balls and strikes everywhere. You guys, you know, you know, it's like when you go to high school or college or game or, there's not there any people in the stands, and uh, you hear it. So, imagine if Dutch Renner was out. still out there. Imagine that if <laughs> if we had Dutch still there, that'd be really echoing through your TV sets. Well, that's another thing too. Uh, when I look at baseball, here's what I see generally: they want to take all the personality out of it for the most part. So, starting with the umpires and managers, managers can't think anymore. Uh, it's the puppets, uh, and 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 the, the, I talked to Nick Cafardo about this. The, Great, late writer from uh, the Boston Globe. We were very close friends, mm. and um, we were both one one day. We called each other, and we we we, we talked for a, a while on this, and we pointed out, and this was a couple of years ago. We pointed out uh, that baseball is losing its romance, and this is just another example. Uh, you know, time and time again, they're mm. taking the romance from the game. They're taking the personalities from the game. Um, you know, you can't live off a Twitter feed, and that's personality for a player. I can only take so much comments from guys on Twitter, you know, or, or Facebook or whatever. Sure. You know, it, it's, it's after a while, it gets boring, tired. You know, I want to know, and this is the other thing, fans, I know um, with the media now, media is not going to have clubhouse access. You know, I made my living 
the clubhouse access. Uh, mm-hmm. If you watch the if you watch the recent uh, last dance, the last uh, ten minutes of it, I was prominently um, uh, in there because I they had a, they were talking about the F thirty one six championship. I was walking out with Ryman one on one interview at that time, which was a great guest. The three hundred reporters there, and um, you know, I asked him about is this the greatest? This has got to be the greatest team ever, right? And he basically gave me the answer. Uh, yeah, if you can't see that, you must be doing illegal drugs. And coming from London, that was a great quote. And, I uh, did see that. That was awesome, yeah, Kevin. Yeah. That was a great get for you. Absolutely. Yeah, that, it stood the test of time. 22, and that's how you do your job, boots on the ground. And right. that's, that's what I'm still doing for ball9.com. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the other thing I want to point out is, too, I'm try, talking about the romance game, I will I will touch base with veteran players, as former players as well. So this is not just, I mean, the last two columns have been about basically baseball in the state of the game. But last week I did a piece with Rookie the Bat Dog. So I pointed out from Trenton, no living soul is missing baseball more than Rookie the Bat Dog. <laughs> and Eric Lipsman, who handles Rookie, has to take the dog to the ballpark in Trenton twice a week just to keep the dog's uh, attitude up. And uh, and and uh, he misses baseball. And that's how the fans miss baseball, too. Mm-hmm. They'll always miss baseball to that degree. So that's why I it's good that it's back. We'll see what it's like, and um, but they really better be careful because other sports are zooming past them. Yeah. Well, let's take it and, onto the field a little bit, Kevin. I know that the Mets and the Yankees are going to play each other six times, which is a pretty big number, you know. When some of these other teams are going to be playing, you know, also Rans uh, six times. How about maybe give us a little scouting report on each team coming into this season? Well, going back to you know that's. I, I get it about the Mets, but you know what? Those games are fun to, fun to watch. So that's like too bad. Get over it, Mets. Get over it, Yankees. And you also get to play the Orioles, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, so I don't want to hear anything about that. Um, you know, the Yankees are going to be, I expect that Derek Cole, they're going to, you know, that's, that's, that was a huge addition, something Cashman should have done years ago, being in the great starting pitcher, because you need a lockdown guy. And he did it in 2009, and he won a championship, so... I don't know why it took this many years to figure that out again. Um, uh, they, they've had some injury situations. They always seem to have injury situations. But to me, they're a class of the league. DJ LeMay, that was a great deal by Cashman. Um, you know, uh, that guy is a baseball player. Even when I watch him on the backfield this spring, you know, other guys would like, hey, I, I, I almost said the, uh, one, of the, one of the players was, hey, let's go, let's go take some balls in the outfield. And DJ was taking balls at third base at times. Said, no, no, I'm taking balls at third. I'm, ta- you know, I'm taking balls at my position. I, I, I got work to do. And, you know, so this guy's got a mentality that will carry the Yankees. To me, he's the key. You know, from a, from a leader standpoint, he's the key Yankee now. And then uh, the, the Yankees are loaded. Obviously, they'll get in the in the postseason. We'll just see who, who they run in. You know, who they run up against and, and what happens. So having said that, the Astros are really tough again. So that's going to be a problem for the Yankees. The Mets. The Mets are fascinating because Ron should win the third straight Cy Young because he, he should be uh, he's pretty good about getting stuff together early in the year and making adjustments. He he makes better adjustments than any pitcher in baseball at this point. And so this thing helps them tremendously. They have some depth. They should be strong. I and Alonzo. The big question is: Can Alonzo uh, be the same impact hitter that he was last year? And uh, his rookie year, I like the kid a lot. And of course, the Yankees judge has to stay healthy. Get him on the field, get him to stay healthy. But I, I see both teams in pretty good shape. I see both teams making the playoffs, and this is the 20th anniversary of 
of the 2020 uh, World Series. So maybe we'll see them uh, together in, at the end. That would be fun to watch. Hey, Kevin, you did mention the Astros. We haven't talked to you in a long time. So let's go back a little bit here. Let's go back to the sign-stealing thing. The question I have for you is, you know, you know the Astros gotten a lot of hot, hot water here. Um, and the Red Sox are investigated. Now the Yankees are being investigated. Is this a situation where everybody steal, steals signs? I mean, what, what's the story you know, that you see here? Everybody steals signs, but everybody doesn't uh, steal electronically in such a devious way that the Astros did. Mm-hmm. And the Astros deserve to be penalized. I was the one who asked the question at spring training this year to Crane. I said, Mr. Crane, what do you have to say to the 2017 Yankees? And he said, well, it didn't really impact the games. Come on, are you kidding me? I mean, major league hitters, I've been around this long enough. I take college ball. I know, if you know what pitch is coming, hey, you're way ahead of the game. You know, way ahead of the game. And the way they did it, I, the first, when this all came out, guys, everybody was wondering what was going on. And if you remember the, the picture of a, of, of a video board behind their dugout with some towels, um, do you remember that picture? Yes. Well, everybody else, <clears throat> again, because I know the game, that's maybe a strong writer for the years. And it's going to be very interesting to writers now because now they can't they talk to the players like they did in the past. So you better watch the game as a writer. Get your head out of stack, yes. But when I saw that picture, you know what the first thing I did? I looked at the ground and I saw hundreds or thousands, of, you know, I didn't count them, obviously, sunflower seeds, getting back to sunflower seeds. Mm-hmm. That told me immediately that a veteran hitter, veteran or dive hitters would come in there and watch that immediately or maybe be layered right away. And and I could just see guys like Beltron and that just sitting there and spitting and watching it and, and sending the signal. So, so what the Astros did, uh, I know a lot of major league players well. A lot of them are so bad at the Astros. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. And I think there's a fine line, you know, and, and there's getting ahead, taking advantage, and then there's outright cheating. And also, and this is where it goes with the players why they're so mad, is it costs other guys' jobs. Like uh, I was at that series in 2017 when the Mets uh, lost three games down in Houston and they were crushing them. And, um, and, if, and I asked Conforto about this thing. Conforto said, yeah, at the time, we just thought they were really good hitters. So if you're between the lines on that comment, he's telling you, you know what, that stinks. And I also was at the game five last year in, 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 in the AL, uh, you know, um, in the ALDS against the Rays. Rays uh, won the two games in Tampa. I'm sitting there, Jason Stark is sitting to my left. And Glasnow uh, slid up for four runs in the first inning, and, every, and they're on every pitch. We both looked at each other and said, something's going on here. Uh-huh. And I know they were saying Glasnow was tipping, but that wasn't tipping. So right. in, my book, in, in my book, the Astros deserve every, every, everything. And they, and they, they lucked out of here because yeah, there won't be fans or there won't be as many fans ripping them as they get skewered on the road. Yeah, so my they're, point they're is, motivated, yeah, they're, too. They're motivated, too, so we'll see what happens. Of course, but talk about getting pushed to the back page, man. Jeez, because they were, you know, you know, a lot of people are furious at them. Now they don't have to deal with, cra- you know, the crowd uh, chant and such. And, and, you know, obviously, and the, players and the Yankees don't, don't play them, right? I guess the Yankees don't play them the way the schedule is. Yeah, I guess so. How right. about how about Kevin the uh, the Mets the sale of the Mets? Are we going to see this? And you know how fun would it be on the back pages to have J Lo and A Rod involved in this? I mean, it could be this could be one for the ages. Do you see it coming down to a, a few names? And when do you think it will ultimately happen? 
Well, I am the ability to have a third when I said last summer that a rod would find a way to buy the, buy the mess. And uh, I still believe it. Uh, I'm pretty close with a rod. I haven't seen him recently. We did exchange a uh, happy Father's Day last week in text. But um, he told me years ago when I used to visit in Miami before the season started that his goal was to own a team. He didn't want to be a manager. He didn't want to be a GM. He wanted to be an owner. And, wow. and although he does like being a GM too, so but don't let, you know that I think it, I I probably got different taste than everybody else in the world, uh, especially the people who are screaming that he cheated and this and that, blah blah blah. <laughs> and he did, but this guy loves baseball. He loves baseball more than any other player I think I've ever covered. So if he got the Mets, he would be. I, it would be a wonderful experience for the Mets fan because at least. We don't know if it'll happen. It'll work out. But we know you'll, you'll have an owner here who wants to win more than anybody and is connected to a lot of people in baseball. Uh, you know, he should do some, he should have some great scouting ability uh, with the people he knows. And you got to think a lot of players will want to want to play for him. And that's why he came back from doing broadcasting. He, he, his goal wasn't to be a great broadcaster. His goal was to get himself in, in good with baseball again. And he's done that with Manfred. And I think he's a, I think he has a great relationship with Manfred, and there's been a lot of shaky characters on the teams in the past. If they, you know, he's been a voice in, in, in baseball and, and the broadcasting voice of baseball for the last couple of years with his gigs. So why couldn't he be an owner? And once he, once he, you know, I, I can't see him stepping away at this point. And the other thing is at the competition level, I think he would love to be in the same same division as Derek Jeter, yes. both uh, in, in the owner situation and going yeah. uh, mano a mano. Yeah, that'd be neat. And what well, will, Kevin, it's been a, go, go ahead, John. I was just going to say, and what will the uh, the legacy of the Wilpons be owning the Mets for, for all these years? What will fans remember and what will baseball remember about the Wilpon family? Well, you know, they'll remember that they probably didn't spend as much money as they should on certain cases. And, and the, the irony is they did spend money, but sometimes it came back to boomerang them, you know. And, uh, you know, they spent that money and... Um, uh, you know, on Cespedes, they gave right the money and injuries and uh, and all that stuff. So it, it's it's. I think in the long run, the fans, it, it's just a situation which must. And 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 the new ballpark that's been spring training, the new done ballpark is a beautiful ballpark, and and City Field's a beautiful ballpark. So I hope I hope even though they're gonna you know they're gonna forever rip the Wolfons, you know, Fred and Jeff for for multiple reasons. You know, they did get to a World Series, um, and they do have some ballparks, beautiful ballparks. So, you know, hopefully uh, it's, it's just something. The legacy will not be great for them, but at the same time, it could have been a lot worse if you look at a lot of these owners in baseball. So, um, Jeff really likes being around the players and having friendships with the players and golf with the players and kind of having the clubhouse with the players. And I think with all this going on, that was the reason why the other deal fell apart because he still had a five-year window where he would be involved, heavily involved. And um, Colin didn't want to change, kind of change the deal on that, I think, at the last second. Didn't want that. And then they backed out, of course. They backed out of a big deal that would have made him a lot of money. And um, so I, I think uh, I think he's like like uh, like the reports we've been seeing, they're going to sell it this year. They're going to move on. And uh, and life goes on, and the Mets will have a new owner, and they'll probably have a very decent owner. And you have to spend money, but also you got to be smart. The, the opportunity to move ahead of all the other organizations is so vast now, because you know what? 
most of these teams forget it's baseball. It's not it's not showcase home run hitting. It's not a drive line to throw the ball 100 miles through a wall. It's baseball. It's out thinking. It's out playing. It's out analyzing. It's out scouting other teams. And if you do that, you're going you're gonna to run past these teams, and, and you'll have a conveyor belt of winning for many years. And I think it's highly favorite to do that. Yeah, and it helps having the biggest market in the world, too, and taking advantage and utilize of that. that market. Yeah, utilize that market. Yeah, no, which many Met fans have, have, have bitched yeah. about for years. Well, Kevin, it's been way too long. Uh, we, now that baseball is back, we'd love to get you back on the show. Uh, I'd love to uh, talk uh, talk the sport with you. You guys can call me anytime. And, uh, you know, I know Matt has the nicest teeth in the world. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's hope he didn't have cavities. Right? Yeah, you know, and... Uh, it was great talking to you guys, uh, and uh, give Matt a break for a change. Absolutely. The website is Ball 5. How do you spell it again? Ball 9. Uh, ball 9. Like ball nine, nine ball players. Nine, nine oh, players. Gotcha. Uh, ball 9, N-I-N-E, dot com. Very simple. And again, there's a, uh, there's major, you know, like um, major interviews on there, long interviews with players. So it's not just, it's not a blog where people are just, Sending out their basic, uh, you know, I think this, I think that. Mm-hmm. There's some substance to it. There's also, uh, like, there's things called um, spitballing, where you maybe get in touch with a veteran player and talk to him about something really interesting, or or there's a behind the dish food review. So, so there's all kinds of things there. And it's not just ballpark reviews, but in the city, around the ballpark. If you're a baseball fan, you want to go to this site and check it out. Very cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm checking it out as soon as we're done here. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm looking forward to that. And I'm going to read your uh, latest article as well. So thanks, Kevin, again for coming on with us. Well, I appreciate the support. It's always good to talk baseball with you guys. And that was Kevin Kernan from Ball9.com. That's his latest stop after years with the New York Post. And that'll do it for this week's show on moresportsnow.com. I'm Steve Tishner with John McAlevey, and we'll catch you all next week. We'll talk plenty more sports. 